0: Elsa Kurt here, but more importantly, I have a great guest with me. It's Vincent Catronio. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> he knows ex- he knows why I paused. You can guess why I paused. It's not a common name. Um, how are you? Thanks for joining me today.
1: Uh, thank you for having me. I'm doing very, very well. Uh, hope I hope you had a great Thanksgiving.
0: I did. I did. It was so nice. I hope yours was well too.
1: It was very filling. That's for sure. Uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> I know exactly. Still recovering, right? Still coming out of the food coma. <laughs>
1: And the leftovers are uh, leftovers are plenty in my household.
0: Oh, yes, yes. I love the leftovers until I hate the leftovers. You know,
1: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm, good. I'm good with this for another year. That's why. We yeah. Only-
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah, we just gorge on it. And then when it's done, you, you can wait a full year. It's good.
1: <laughs> yeah. If anybody says turkey, I'm going to scream. <laughs> yeah,
0: seriously. Exactly. Oh, so you have written a book. It's called Crushed by Rubber Soul. And I want to hear all about that title, because I think it's such an intriguing title. Just just the title alone is really, really intriguing. Um. But first, I want to talk a little bit about you and your authorship journey. I know you've been writing. Uh, I think it's for as long as you can remember, right? You're, you're, we are you're like me. I'm like you. We're like each other. You're like me because you're younger. You're only 25, mm-hmm. and you're a published author, which I think is so cool. Um, tell me a little bit about your your journey.
1: So, um, ever since like I could first like picked up a pencil, <laughs> I was writing these like um, mimics of like these copies of movies, you know, I would take construction paper and I would just write down the plot. I would draw these little pictures and all that. And that kind of developed into like writing my own original stories when I was, I don't know, like seven Um, looking on it now. I'm like, oh, my God. But uh, my first story was called The Fun Wizard. Um it was pretty much just a ripoff of the fairly odd, par- fairly odd parents um <laughs> so inspiration comes in a weird variety of ways. <laughs> uh, it was all about this little boy who's you know um he's you know doesn't have the best home life and all of a sudden this wizard just magically comes out of nowhere and just um they go on adventures and all that stuff so it was that kind of manifested and I kind of just did my own um original stories and I started to venture more into like the dark and macabre. um you know, which turned some heads when I was in middle school and high school, but, you know, that was my style. Um, And then I started to venture more into filmmaking. I love screenwriting and um, I love directing things that I also write. Uh, It was a little weird writing things and then giving it off to somebody else to direct. So that was kind of strange. And I never really found my confidence until very recently. A good friend of mine was like, why don't you just direct your own movies? And I was like, huh, good, good plan. (laughs) And (laughs) started doing that. And uh, I really wanted to go back into um, writing, uh, like just solely writing, no filmmaking, just writing a book. And luckily, we were all trapped for a year. So I had plenty of time to do it. (laughs) Um, so I wrote my first book, it was called Imagine No More. Uh, This is what it looks like. It's um, pretty much a compilation of poems that didn't necessarily have a through line. They were just representations of myself. Um, And that was pretty cool to see the reception of that. And then about a, a year ago, I decided, like, I want to do it again. But I I wanted it to have a through line. I wanted it to have a theme and I wanted it to be an album, like a written album, because <clears throat> I love music so much. Like music was a huge inspiration for this album, um, this album, this book. <laughs> That's how it just like constantly just crosses over. Um, Music was a huge inspiration for this book, and I wanted each piece to to almost be like a little mini episode that leads into the next piece, because, you know, you see with a lot of like anthology stories and po- poetry books like the pieces are very singular, but they don't translate to the next one. So that was the challenge that I um, I wanted to see how I how I would be able to do it. And, you know, about a year things happened, some highs some lows and all translated into the book. And uh and yeah, yeah, here we are. <laughs> that,
0: that is, I I love your your writing journey so so much because I there's so many of that so much of that that it resonates with me so so much. Your love of music, the, the writing scripts and all of those things, screenplays and everything from a young age. And by the way, I think that is you know one of the greatest ways to uh, for a child to start that learning process for writing, uh, which is mimicking because you're really learning the structure of a story and all of those things. And you don't even realize that you're learning and you think you're just copying something and, but it's, it's learning. So I think that's so cool that you did that as a kid and uh, the filmmaking. I'm so jealous because that's something I want to move into as, as well. I do. I do a lot of TikTok. Do you do the TikTok?
1: <laughs> I, I call do. It, I uh, like.
0: To, I like to call it the TikTok because I like to sound like an old lady. You know, I say the <laughs> the Walmart, the TikTok, the Facebook. Just just because it's. I
1: think it's <laughs> it adds emphasis to it.
0: Yeah, exactly. The TikTok. Um, yeah, so that has really, really inspired me. Ironically, I guess a little bit to to start moving into that as well. So I'm I'm so envious that you're that you do that. Um you said something really interesting um on your your back cover blurb about music where you were talking about music and your love for music um you said that you see music as colors is that right
1: yes um so that uh, i've had to um try to explain that <laughs> it's very hard to do that yeah. <laughs> um it's almost like a uh, a feeling you know and it's you know, I, I've heard people say that they've had they can visualize, you know, um, music in a way, but not like how I can describe it. So I think it's like very individualized. So what I meant by that is when I hear a song, specifically the Beatles, because I'm a hu- huge, huge, fan of the Beatles um, that will trickle into what the cover means. Um, <clears throat> but when I hear a song, there's almost like a story that plays out in front of me, almost like a movie. And when I hear that, it, it, it's almost like a symbiotic relationship where it's like, I can't not listen to music and then think of a story and see like almost like this movie play out in front of me. You know, it could just be like a little scene or it could just be like a vibrant splash of colors. You know, um, it's um, I tried to visualize that in the book and I also tried to do it in the last one. But people were still like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm like, I don't well, know. That's,
0: that's actually really interesting. Like at what? So at what point like how I don't know how old were you or when did you realize that you see things quite differently than a lot of people? Like, was it was it a conversation? You were saying it to somebody and they're like, what
1: or? Well, it, it also like trickled down to the filmmaking side of it. Um when I I can't not write and not listen to music, I think that was always prevalent in my process, but I really accepted it as something that was unique to my process when I wrote the first book. Um, when I would listen to music specifically like classical stuff uh, like Mozart, Beethoven, uh, Bach, all that stuff, I wrote with the beats of the song. You know, like if the music goes down, like my work, like the tone of my work goes down. Mm -hmm. And it's it was a way that I was trying to find my like find my voice. You know, people always say like, you know, you find your voice by mimicking somebody else and then kind of doing your own thing with it. So that was my way of doing that. So, you know, I would I would follow the beats of the song and like, you know, you go on YouTube and you can find 10 hours of classical music. So it was great. I had a lot to choose from. (laughs) Um, So that kind of just molded. And I I just accepted that as something that I was able to do. And then now I can kind of just have like the music playing, but I can take it and do something else with it. Mm. So it was a long, long process, but I, I really, I've been listening to music and writing stuff based on that since I was a kid. So it was, it was always there. I just never really accepted it until, until now.
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, this, this makes complete this. You're speaking my language. This makes complete sense to me. I actually have, and I've actually shared uh, my, my playlist from books because I do the same thing when I write and it's been a while since I've written, but when I write, I have very specific music playing in the background, depending on what I'm writing, like basically what you're doing. And, and one of the books I wrote that the main character um, she was she had a fixation on the 1940s. So throughout the entire book, that's all I listened to music from the 1940s, and, you know, made a playlist of it. So I think you're not an anomaly in our our world like this is this is you found your home for sure. (laughs) Because I would imagine and correct me if I'm wrong, you've spoken to other writers, artists, you know, creative people, and they've said, Oh, yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. I, I think it's people not in our
1: yeah oh, I, my uh producing partner um and uh you know collaborator uh we have a production company together <clears throat> her name is uh, emily short she's also a writer filmmaker all that stuff she does the exact same thing and then that was how we kind of like bonded was about like how we see things and how we Collaborate and you know, pretty much go along the same process. Um, you spoke about the 1940s. She's a big World War II buff. So (laughs) you speak language as well. Where was
0: she when I was writing? She could have been my source. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so incredible. I I love, I love the way you do your work. This is so cool. Now talk to me about your newest book, Crushed by Rubber Soul. Tell me about the title
1: so the a lot of people have asked me about the title and it 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 all comes down to the beatles um the i love rubber soul it is it's probably one of the greatest albums of all time however um when i listen to it i get that burst of imagination those colors those vibrant um the like the imagination just runs wild and then when it's over you're almost like disappointed you're like Mm -hmm. do i want to like, I wish I could just live in that fantasy world that I that I created for myself, that the Beatles kind of just painted for me. So when I say crushed by Rubber Soul, it doesn't necessarily mean like the album hurt me in a way. It's just I'm disappointed mm-hmm. that I can only stay in this this bubble for so long. And then it eventually pops because the as all albums do, they end very abruptly. Um, so that was kind of the inspiration for the title. However, um, I re- I was writing the pieces for the book way, way before I came up with the title. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to do something that was as true to my life and how I see the world as humanly possible. And that was the through line. The, the theme of this book is like self-expression mm-hmm. and self-liberation. Um, you know, how I see the world, how I see the political side of the world, how I see like the traditional ways of thinking that you know through television you know all that we're trying to progress and move forward and i think there's people that are still like honed in on those traditional ways so i wanted to to smash through that and say like hey like it's okay to to be different (laughs) it's okay to not fit into that traditional bubble so a lot of pieces are talking about that. I have a whole, I have a piece called FCC where I like talk about like how censorship is, you mm-hmm. know, it's it's very biased to what they censor and what they choose not to censor. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also very personal um, pieces about my uh, recent, you know, tragedies in my family. I just lost my grandmother. Um, so that was a very prevalent um, inspiration for a, like, for a lot of the pieces in the book like that tragedy and that feeling of loss i didn't know how to deal with that so i figured the best way to do it is just write it down um mm-hmm. and i was very scared to put it out there so i'm like is this like is this in bad taste like am i like how how do i explain this and are people going to take this the wrong way but i think the ultimate theme of that is like I love my grandmother and I wanted people to, I want people to see what she meant to me mm. and what she meant to the people around me. So that was, that was kind of where I'm like, all right, it's okay to kind of put this out there. Um, but yeah, it, overall, like it was a really, really fun process to do. Um, I, and I like not having time limits cause I self published this. So I, I was kind of working at my own pace and then the hardest part is being done and saying mm. like, is there more, like, do I have more to say? You know, especially two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, I got an idea. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. so, you know, I, I kind of was just like, all right, I think I'm good. I, I've said enough. Yeah. Because I don't yeah. want to overstate my welcome.
0: <sighs> yeah. And that's, I, and I think that's a great, um, I, I, I guarantee, I know this, that a lot of aspiring authors or new authors that are in the process of writing their book, that's one of the most looming questions, which is how do i know when it's done you know how do i know if this is it if i if there's like you said if there's more to add to this or if it's done and and i agree with you you just i think you just Feel it. You just kind of know. You're always you're always going to doubt yourself a little bit because that's just the nature. It's just human nature to to question and doubt yourself and doubt your abilities and doubt all of the things. It's very frustrating, isn't it? It <laughs> <There> is. <laughs> right. It's it's really like if you could just take that part of your brain and just toss it out, it would be really nice. But then I guess uh, then we'll be unbalanced. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think that's a great response to that which is you'll just know and it's probably frustrating for anyone uh watching or listening who's in that moment right now of being uncertain but uh take our word for it you you know you just feel it and you know and there does come a point where you just kind of close it and say this is it like this is the baby it's going out in the world um talk to me a little bit about that part of the process the the releasing because your your work in particular is it's a hundred percent personal, it's your thoughts, your feelings, your views, and you're putting it out like we all do in this lane for public consumption, dissection, criticism, critique, all of the things. Um, how do you handle that part of the process?
1: Um, I think by being uh, completely rejected at a very young age. has kind of made me numb to to criticism I was working on a project many years ago I was in like community college and it was uh panned to say the least it was a screenplay and uh I was very young very naive in the process and how it all worked and uh I I got a real taste of reality so that has always been in my head. However, um when I released the first book, it got sent to like it, it was bought in like six countries. Mm. So that was like, oh my god. Yes. And I was having a, a really hard time um accepting that. And I'm like how how could something that I wrote, like how could a book that I wrote be in more places than I am? I've mm-hmm. never been to Europe, I've never been to to China, I've never been to India. So like that's not fair. But um a friend of mine told me like once you Put it out, no matter what it is, whether it's a film, whether it's a book or whatever, it's not yours anymore. It's everyone else's and it's their, it's their opportunity to make something out of it. Mm -hmm. That's why it's like when people ask me what the meanings of certain things are, I don't necessarily like to give my explanation of it anymore because it kind of ruins it and individualizes it, you know, excuse me. Um, But once you put it out there it's everybody else's and they have the opportunity to to get an interpretation of it you know um even my grandfather my grandfather was like i think this means this this and this and i'm like Mm -hmm. yeah it it does like it means whatever you want it to believe yeah so like i have my perception of it when i wrote it but Mm -hmm. and like the inspirations that led to it but it's a cool feeling and it, it honestly makes every bit of negative criticism that I've gotten in my life is so worth it when I Mm -hmm. hear someone try to dissect it and make their own interpretations of it.
0: I I agree with you. I love that too. And I love your explanation of that, of how how you use the criticism to move forward. And I think the biggest lesson, and I think that's such a valuable, I think it's, more valuable, you know, rejection and, and criticism. I think it's in a lot of ways, almost more valuable than praise and adulation and, you know, five-star, you know, all of those things, because you don't grow from those, your ego grows from those, but your, your skill, I think grows and you're, you're, you get a thicker skin, you get tougher, you know, you realize, okay, that hurt, that stung a lot that made me doubt myself and my abilities. But at the same time, it made me realize, or this is the lesson I I would hope that people would take from, let me put it that way, that um, it didn't kill you. It didn't, it did not destroy you. It hurt you, but it didn't destroy you. And hopefully what you take from it is, is it makes you strive to be better, do better and prove them wrong you know i'm i'm a fighter so i love it. you tell me i can't do something or if i'm you know not good enough at something well now now i have to show you
1: <laughs> right It's so easy for someone to just say something mean on social media oh my god yeah it's so easy for people to do that mm-hmm. and they don't realize how much it hurts the other person right. you know it's and people say like, oh, just turn the phone off. But I'm like, yeah, but you all, you can't help but not read it and take it personally. Right. You know, I dealt with that quite recently where it was just it was a constant mm-hmm. attack on my, my character. <clears throat> but, you know, and all of it was just not valid. It was just, you know, petty stuff. But right. um, I was really trying my best to, like, keep going with that. But I'm like, no, like, I'm why, why should I stop? telling my story on social media or whatever, or using it to my creative advantage, because one person is mad at me, you know, right. So it, yeah. after, it took a while, but I've figured it out.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I always get, I get like motherly and protective of, of, you know, people just coming into this and not really being a, fully understanding like you know TikTok is a, a you know fantastic example of how horrible people can be to other people behind the safety of a you know computer screen or, or phone screen and keyboard. Um, these are people that would never never say these types of things to anyone in person. and they feel absolute confidence and comfort um, to say horrible things to strangers on the internet. And you know the the biggest thing I always tell anyone who's getting into any version of our realm, Um, is that you have to remember that the things that they say are are a reflection of them, not of you, because this is their perception, this is their ideas, and it's all based on their experiences and and their life. And for someone to be mean pointlessly to a stranger on the internet, or even somebody you know, really, um, shows a deep, tremendously deep well of self-dissatisfaction and unhappiness, because happy people don't hurt people. They just don't, you know, they don't seek to hurt anyone. And, you know, so I, I think, and, and I'm sure you agree, that's probably like the lesson for anyone new coming into this, um, whether it's publishing books or acting or any of the things um, that you're putting yourself out there, that you have to separate yourself from all of that. And I agree with you. you. You mentioned, you know, reading the things and not reading it. It's so impossible. I, I preach it. I say, don't read the reviews. Don't read the comments. Don't read them. I'm the first one going to read them. Yes, I mean Forget too. It. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah. yeah. Like, and I mean it. Don't do it, people. Don't do it. Learn from my example, you know, and not, not do what I do.
1: <laughs> it's, it, you know, the, the phrase, kill them with kindness, it, it sounds so cliche, but it, it, it works. You know, it does. It, 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 even like just not responding, mm-hmm. it, it, it's the ultimate like mic drop.
0: Yes, it really is. You're so, so right um what else would you give for advice to to people coming into our our lane hate to make us sound so separate from everybody but it's different
1: well i i recently had the privilege of seeing quentin tarantino um live in person he's one of my he's one of my inspirations um he was talking about his book and he just talked about just like just make the thing you know just do it because you know and also i'm a huge fan of kevin smith and he talks about the same thing Um, both of them had this like effect on me where it's like, just go out and do it, talking about it and doing it are two totally different things. Um, no matter what the thing is, just you, you have one opportunity in this world to really make something of yourself. And, you know, however, however long that lasts, whether it's a hundred years, 80 years, you know, we don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, so you, you don't want to spend the rest of your life doing something that you don't want to do. Um. I'm lucky where I have a job that I really, really love. Like I work in special education. So that's Mm -hmm. like, it's a huge, like gratifying experience for me. So I'm lucky where I get to do that during the day. And then at night kind of do something that I equally love, um, to be able to do that is, you know, it's a privilege, but I say to anyone, if you have a thing that you want to make, make the thing.
0: (laughs) Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, that is honestly, I think that is the absolute best advice in the world because everything that people choose not to do that they want to do, the thing that always holds them back is fear. It's always fear. It's fear of the unknown, fear of rejection and criticism uh, fear of failure and all of those things. And, you know, and I'm, I'm right there with you. I have failed, I've been criticized, I, you know, all of the things and I've survived all of them. And, you know, not only survived, just thrived from them. It, you find out so much about yourself in the way that you handle adversity really. And, um, to, you know, it just breaks my heart to think of anyone not pursuing a dream or a goal, um, out of fear. Like, just stop caring so much, (laughs) you know, about what other people might think or say and and just do it. And I I think that's fantastic advice. I'm so I'm so glad that you shared that with people. And I hope that anyone that watches this or hears this um, takes that to heart and just takes that leap of faith in themselves, really, and just goes for it. And whatever happens, happens, because it doesn't matter. The people that are criticizing are usually the people that haven't done a a damn thing, you know. Right.
1: And they're using that to kind of like mask their like self-esteem issues and check that onto others. So it's like, if I'm going to be miserable, you're going to be miserable with me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the worst thing you can do to a person.
0: It is. Yeah, I agree completely. Uh, Vincent, tell everyone where they can find you and your books. If you've got a website, social media, all the things, where can we find you?
1: So, um, the, oh, I actually have it here <laughs> on, the last, on the last page of the book. There's all of like my ways to find me. Um, my Instagram is, uh, at Vincent underscore Cotronio. That's C O T R O N E O. Uh, TikTok is at Vincent Cotronio. Um, I also have like short stories on, uh, this website called vocal. If you just type in my name, there's a couple of them there. And, uh, my, website uh we have all of like our short films on there it's uh, tigerpackproductions.com uh we're actually in the process of working on uh another short um and uh i'm going to just announce this here <laughs> i want to take the the book crushed by rubber soul and turn it into like an album mm-hmm. um i got really inspired by the doors and uh jim morrison's uh, an american prayer So I kind of wanted to do something similar to that, where it's like speaking poetry, but like with music accompanying it, because I think like that's the best kind of companion piece for the book since it was so inspired by music to do that. Uh, So I'll be working on that. And uh, and yeah, I just hope people um, like the book.
0: Oh, that's so wonderful. Vincent, it has been so great talking with you and hearing all of the things that you have going on. I'm so excited. Is there, are, you, are you working on another book? Is there anything else coming out soon or you're in the process of that?
1: A friend of mine and I are working on a fantasy novel, um, but I also wanted to venture into horror in books because I think uh, two poetry books is is enough for me. Um, mm-hmm. I think I wanted to go more into like the narrative, and I, I was always inspired by like the the universal monster movie, like monster movies, and I wanted to make something more modern but harkens back to that era of like you know like Dracula, Frankenstein. So uh, I've been trying to f- figure out something like that, but um, I'll be working, you know, trying to outline that soon. But, but yeah, I want to go into like more narrative stuff.
0: That is so cool! I'm really excited to see all the incredible things you're going to be doing. You have uh, such a great light about you. You're just you're just a flat out good human uh, who yep. just happens to be like really, really talented too. So I'm so excited to see all the cool things you're going to do. I I really appreciate you coming on the show today, and uh, I can't wait for people to hear
1: all about you. Thank you so much for having me. I really uh, appreciate this opportunity.
0: Absolutely. Anytime, anytime the next book, the next project, come on back and and we'll we'll share it with everybody. I would love that.
1: Awesome. Thank you. I'm I'm super excited. <laughs>
0: Great. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Thank you so much for watching the show. Uh, Go check out Vincent Catronio. Catronio, I did it. I knew I was going to mess it up. Uh, Go find those books. Go find him and uh, you won't be disappointed. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Take care. Just in time for the holidays. It's the ultimate one-stop holiday shop. Find everything you need in one spot in my Amazon Influencer Affiliate Shop. the perfect gift for the reader in your life, why not check out one of my books? They're all available on Amazon and most major online book retailers, as well as Elsaker.com.